to welcome everybody back to another episode of Game Wreckers and Slobberknockers. And with us today is Coach Butch Snyder from the Oakwood High School. Coach, welcome. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate hey, it. Just so you guys know, Butch and I have known each other for like a gazillion years. A long um, time. We went to college together. Yeah, we went to college together. We had some of the same classes. Uh, we got we goofed off, drove a lot of professors nuts, I'm sure, especially uh, Judy Yeager-Smith. I know we drove her nuts for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, hey, Coach, for those of you that don't – for those of us who don't know you as well as I do, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your coaching experiences? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I just finished up my 26th year of coaching, which seems absurd that it's been 26 years. I feel like, you know, it's – you know, I always talk about uh, get a job that you enjoy and you don't feel like you've been working – um, and that's, you know, at the time has felt like it's just flown by. So 26 years, this is my eighth year. I finished up my eighth year as a head football coach. So I spent two at Cedarville and uh, six at Oakwood. Um, I've been to a lot of different programs over the course of those years. Um, you know, I was at Beaver Creek. I was at Stebbins, Fairmont, Xenia, uh, Bellbrook, TV South, Greenview, all by choice. I was kind of in, in my early, early days, I was, I was kind of chasing the next best thing, whether that was the right or wrong thing. Um, you know, I, that's what I was doing. Cause sometimes, you know, I reading the uh, football coaching Bible and it says bloom where you're planted. And, you know, sometimes that's good advice too. But the one thing that, that I was able to do over the years was, um, you know, I got to see how a lot of different programs were run how, uh, you know, a lot of different systems. I was under a lot of different systems and I was able to, a lot of my coaching philosophy now is taken from uh, bits and pieces of all of those programs. So, uh, you know, for, for me, I, I, I feel like it was a benefit um, and I certainly enjoyed um, all of those different opportunities. You know, and I, I was just going to say that, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the, you know, grow where you were planted kind of thing does work, but there is an advantage to, chasing or going to the next spot trying to find I mean when you think about all think about all the head different head coaches you've worked under like you know you've worked under some great guys who have vastly different philosophies absolutely and and how it's made you become more of who you are because you take you know take the good from each and the bad from each you kind of leave those out and, and, and kind of finding your own way to do it I think those are great ideas yeah, for sure, for sure. And the, and you're right that some of the guys that I've worked for over the years have, have been some outstanding high school football coaches. And we're lucky enough, you know, here in the Miami Valley that we have a pretty close coaching fraternity. Um, you know, Butch is the current um, president of the Miami Valley Football Coaches Association. Um, He's done it for two years. I, I was the president the two previous years. He was my vice president. So we've gotten to know some of the places like Jim Place. Like when you talk, it, it, not just Southwest Ohio, not Dayton area, like the state of Ohio, like he's a Hall of Famer in the state of Ohio. And we get to talk to that guy pretty much anytime we want to. And, and he's kind of like the compass for us a lot of times. Absolutely. That guy is a top-notch uh, first class guy. I mean, and, and I, he, he's been out of coaching for a few years and, and this year he, he lives like right around the corner from Oakwood. 
So this year I reached out to him and I said, hey, coach, why don't you just, you know, because, you know, those, the, once you're a football coach and you've been coaching for a long time, you never really, it never really leaves you. It's in your blood. Exactly. Um, no matter how hard you want to say, um, Dave Miller Sr. is another one. He's, he's, he's like a mentor to me over the years. And, and, you know, those guys always say, well, I'm retiring, I'm retiring. But it never, it's never really out of you. And uh, it's, it's, it's like, I always say, uh, it, it's like uh, the Godfather part three with Al Pacino when he says, <laughs> this one I thought I was out. <laughs> they bring me back in. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, you know, I was talking to Coach Place. I said, come on out, uh, you know, volunteer. Come when you want to. We'll work with your schedule, you know. And, and he did that. He came out like once a week. Um, it was great to have his input and his knowledge and his insight in, in all those years. And he talked to the kid. You know, I, I said, you know, talk to the kids. Give them some motivational uh, uh, speeches every now and then and, and uh, do your thing. And, and the kids obviously loved him. Uh, we loved having him around, and it was just great to – it was great he, – he was great to to be an ear for me, you know, when I needed some advice or needed to talk to someone who's who's, who's been in my shoes. I, I, you know, absolutely. He's he's a guy that, that I, I can't wait till I get to talk to him again because, you know, to hear hear another story or, or, or him just give us some wisdom, it's awesome to, to be around. And I, and, I, and I think that's one of the reasons why you've become such a great coach. Um, at, from afar is because you've had all these experiences and we have that wealth of knowledge that's available to us. So, you know, what do you think's the biggest thing? Like, you know, you've coached in about every defense out there. I believe you've coached in an even front defense because I think when you were here at Xenia with us, we were still an even front, were we not? I'm pretty Correct. sure we were an even front, right? Correct. Yes. So, um, you know, you've coached even front, you've coached odd front. Like, how did you settle on your style of defense? I think I think it was the, when I when I was the defensive coordinator at Beaver Creek, um, and you know, over the years, most of the places that I've been at, we've we've been undersized kids. We've we've had to uh, do more with less a lot of times. Uh, we've had to find uh, ways um, to compete against. Uh, some of your better athletes and some of your better teams. So, um, and, and I, that once again, there's other experiences that I believe have helped in, in, in molding the philosophy that I use um, because of those things. And it's, it's no different here at Oakwood. And, and uh, you know, at, at Beaver Creek, we were, we were always the undersized team of the league and, and uh, not as athletic, not as fast. Uh, so, you know, I, I have I have leaned more towards being more of an odd front guy uh, with a lot of movement in in my defense over the years because of those reasons. Um, we will still use some even philosophies uh, within it, so I, I I really call it a multiple defense. But it, it's it's heavy odd front stuff uh, for that reason because um, with undersized kids who who aren't as fast. Um, we try to use quickness and in, in moving, um, you know, getting you thinking we're in one spot and now we're moving to another um, to be able to um, try to give us an advantage. Right. No, hey, it's it's what works. And what's unique about your your coaching situation is in Ohio for our for our viewers and listeners, Division One is the largest division. Division Seven is the smallest division. <laughs> 
Butch, you've coached in the largest and the smallest. Beaver Creek's in Division One. Something like 980 boys are in the school. Um, and Cedarville, Division Sevens, like, you know, you guys had like maybe 80, 80 boys in the school, maybe a little more than that. So, you know, and, and then Greenview, Bellbrook, you know, Xenia worked to Division Two now. So you've hit almost every division in there. I think I've coached in every division in the state of Ohio, actually. Zeke. One, the, one through seven. One through seven. That that's amazing yeah. among itself. So you've you've coached in every every spot in there. So, you know, what do you think the biggest division? You know, other than the number of boys you get out, what's the biggest difference between the top and the bottom, other than the number of boys you get? You know, I I've found honestly, and I was talking about this with with another coach the other day. I have found that at sometimes at your, your, your smaller schools, um, if you have one or two kids and, and, you know, I remember this vividly, I was at Cedarville and, and we were playing Catholic central at the time who, who was really good. They had Brian Wagner who went to university of Akron, I believe. Right. But I remember we played, we, we, we were running our defense and it was like a third and six or something like that. And so, something like that. They, they, they need to get the first down. And we had what we call fence post defense where you have, you know, guy in gap sound defense, another guy gaps. And we were gap sound all the way across. And it was like, Oh, we got him. We got him. And he said, Nope, I'll just go outside and I'll outrun your defensive end. And I'm going 60 yards per touchdown. And it, and it was one of those things where it's like, you know what? We couldn't have played it any better. And uh, he's just, he was just, he's just a dude and he's better than our guys. So and it sound, sounds like they get, if they had, there's less dudes. So the ones they do have stick out more. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like at the bigger schools, I think the drop off from the, the number one guy to the next guy is, is not as much. Right. So then I think that, you know, when you have close to even teams or even teams now, now coaching comes into more of a play in those type of situations. You know, I, 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 I don't know where I read it or where I heard it, saw it somewhere. But somebody said, X's and O's only matter if Jimmy's and Joe's are even. <laughs> He's, yeah. When your Jimmy's and Joe's are better than the other guys, you're going to get away with a lot more stuff that, of the X's and O's. Coach Place talks about that quite a bit, about, about that, those, those type of theories. And, and he's, got, he's got a good, um, um, like, ph philosophy and thought process on that. It's, it's not shocking. You know, he's, he teaches at the University of Dayton. Yeah, he's retired. He teaches at the University of Dayton, teaches all those character ed classes for their, for their uh, counseling department. I've taken many of them. It's, yeah, he's retired. I, I and he announced TV this this fall because he didn't have anything else to do. He announced uh, football, local football games for TV this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did a great job. No, it he wasn't because he knows it, and then and then he knows everybody. He knew all. Well, Johnny's wife was going to have to make him her his favorite cookies tonight. You know, so he knew all those things. It was awesome. All right. <laughs> It was like listening to Harry Carey or, or <laughs> one of those guys, you know. <laughs> right, then just told a story and, you know, the game was just, oh, yeah, okay, they, they, they ran for first down here. But, you know. So, and he did a great job. My son um, played, was our right guard this year, and he, uh, 
he talked to uh, he talked to Coach Place, you know, up to the game before he did, and he said, "Hey, Coach Place, make sure you say something about my dad. He's a legend." And, and when Paxton told me, I'm like, "Do you know who you're talking to? That guy literally is a legend. I'm, I'm nobody compared to that guy. He is a legend." But then when he talked about Paxton in the game, it was hilarious. He's like, "He did mention me. He said my name." I'm like, "Yeah." I said, "Coach Place is that guy." <laughs> All right, hey, Coach. Now, one of the things that you're really good at, and it's one thing that we – when you coached with us here for the year in Xenia, um, and I'm still a little hurt that you left, but you did get to go back to Beaver Creek and be a D.C. Mm -hmm. I get it. You know, you got to do your own path. Um, was your pattern read coverage. So tell us a little bit about your pattern read, read coverage. How does it work? You know, those kinds of things. Well, we've over the years, it's 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 kind of evolved too. But yeah, we I remember we were we were running it there at Xenia, and um, um, a lot of what I'm going to talk today is, is going to be more about the secondary play uh, with it. But uh, um, what what I found over the years, and and I, you can probably relate to this a little bit too, is I remember when I first became a defensive coordinator, it was like, oh, we have to have a coverage for this situation we got to have a coverage for this situation and this and this and I found that the sometimes less is more oh. and, and what I mean by that is is the fact that if you have like you know we have a couple coverages the main one being our pattern read stuff um, and if you can if you can teach like the weaknesses of the coverage and the strengths of the coverage and then work on what are the beaters to that and get the kids really confident with, with what they're doing with that. Um, you don't need all that other stuff. Um, sure. You need a couple adjustments for certain things that teams might do, especially as they get used to what you're doing. But, but I've found that uh, once again, you know, we, we kind of stick to, this is what we do and, and uh, uh, we run with it. So. You know, you're absolutely right. Cause I, I believe this now that I'm older and I'm more into it. I think the more coverages you have, the worse you play them. Yep. You, you, you can be a, you can be a Jack of all trades, but you're not going to master any of them. Um, Devin Spitzer from Springfield Shawnee came on and they basically have like three coverages and that's all they, they run three coverages and all they do is they just run like, hey, this week's route combinations are flood, um, chair, and verticals. And they run all three coverages based on those three concepts. So they run, they run their flood route against cover their cover two look. They run their, their flood concept versus cover three, and then they run the flood concept versus their man coverage. And they just kept rep repping over. He doesn't stay in one coverage, learn it all, and then go to the next coverage. So – I think well, you're right. I've got I've got a short PowerPoint. I condensed it for this because I know that we don't have so much time. We want to talk, and then then I got a, a couple clips of film if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely. Let's get into it. Okay. So once again, I, I've I've condensed this obviously for this, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what what I'm going to discuss here is like kind of some of the basic teaching and I'm just talking about our basic pattern read stuff. I'm not, I'm not going to really get into adjustments and things like that for when teams go trips and empty and, and that sort of stuff. We're just going to stick with some of the basics, but um, we'll talk about both corner and safety technique. So let's, let's, let's look at corner technique here. Um, so what'll happen is 
the way we play our, our corner, typical, typical starting point for our guys is, so we'll put our corner, he's angled, he's going to be uh, no deeper than about five yards, um, and he's going to be a, about a one yard outside of number one. Now, we're go, we, we talk about uh, receivers being numbered from outside in, so uh, obviously this would be number one, then your next guy in would be number two. If there was a three to this side, then, then or another receiver to this side, he would be number three. If he's in the backfield, he's still three, but he's in the backfield. Um, and we would have some different alerts and things for, for that situation. But anyway, so what, what we want is both our corner and our safety, who's not on this particular screen because we're talking corner technique first, but both of their eyes are on number two to their side. So that he's our read. Number two to, to the side is, is our read. Uh, for this, but at the same time, he kind of he can kind of see what what I call the triangle. So if you drew, it would be somewhat of a triangle if you drew from his eyes to both one and two here. So I, I still have vision, though my read here is number two. So what'll happen is if number two releases flat right away, all right, then we want to get into a trap, trap, trap call. And they will communicate that. And I always talk to my uh, secondary about communication is key to any type of relationship. Uh, you know, whether that be friendships, whether that be marriage, whether that be football, whatever you want, whatever you want to talk about, communication is key to that relationship. So it applies to football and it applies to coverage. We want to, we want to get trap, trap, trap. So he's going to gear down, be ready to break to the flats as he gets that out move. At the same time, we do want to try to uh, reroute number one to the inside. That only helps our safety out. Obviously, our safety has, has to determine what type of release he has. We'll talk about that in just, just a bit. But um, he, he, he wants to funnel that inside if at all possible. I know in a perfect world, uh, that's great. If, but in football, we don't play in a perfect world. So there are times when that's not always going to happen. Um, but um, hopefully we can get something. We, we can get that. Um, so anyway, eyes there, break to the flats. Now what we determine, so what do we determine vertical versus flat move? Um, we say anywhere about outside linebacker depth. So anywhere to about typically six yard range um, is going to be our indicator for that. Um, here, here it is. This shows with the safety involved. So here we want to funnel number one to the inside. We have our eyes, both guys' eyes to number two. You see the good versus the not so good because now obviously safety then would have to go a long way, especially if this is not a very good athlete versus one of their best athletes. Uh, we want to help him out as much as possible. Sometimes if it's an attached number two, we may have to carry that a lot longer than, than we typically would because obviously we want to take away the deeper route first and then play to the shallow. Um, here's an example of now number two is either going vertical or he's going to disappear inside. If this is the case, then our corner now is going to lock on number one and it becomes just like man-to-man -man defense for him um, he's playing more of like an off-man technique. Uh, same thing. So now, now we get he, he either disappears inside, number two does, or he's going vertical. Our eyes are still at two. 
We're going to leverage over the top because number one now has gone inside too. We're going to leverage over the top, still keeping our eyes um, and getting some depth using our vision because we know we have linebacker health. If number two now runs a corner route, and I'll show you film, we, we have a film of this uh, example um, where we do, we do it not so good and then we do it a little bit better the next time. Here's, a, here's another example of number two now blocks. So now we can maintain over the top leverage on the post corner uh, where we can beat the wide receiver to the ball. Uh, number two disappears in this example over the top leverage. Um, and then we can attack through, you know, obviously we spend a lot of time uh, in drills being, I, I teach a lot of in phase and out of phase type of drills. So are you in phase? Yes, that's perfect world. We can be in phase and we can go make a play. But oftentimes, as you know, uh, being a defensive guy yourself, we're, we're going to be out of phase where we have to learn to uh, play through the ball being out of phase. Constantly. <laughs> for sure um here's an example where we're going to squeeze the dig route from the outside in playing through the upfield shoulder and then this is how we so so what we'll get a lot of times is is smash concepts with the smash concept what we what, what we want the corner to understand is you have underneath help um you're going to have underneath help of some kind uh, be it outside backer, be it an inside backer, uh, depending on the different coverage and, and version of the of the smash route. But what we don't want is this: our, our safety is going to be oftentimes out of phase because he's on his back. So what we want is we want some help from the corner to sink, smash, smash, smash. He doesn't have to get to this right away. We can come down with our with with our help underneath our underneath help. We can come down and we, and we can tackle this, um, but what we don't want is to give up that big play with that safety being caught, especially if it's some version of play action. He's caught and now um, this guy hasn't beat. Um, here, and, and then here, here's where we get double vertical. So now with vertical, if two goes vertical, then the safety has him. The corner now is going to take number one. So that's a little about corner technique. Here's some about safety technique. Uh, here's the trap. So what he has to see is he gets a flat move, whether that be that flat move that you see on the screen or it's bubble. Let's say they got a wide, uh, a wider number two and he's going to bubble. The corner's going to go. Now the safety has to look angle of release. Is he going vertical? Do I have to get to what we have the safety do is it's a bounce, bounce technique. All right, be an athlete, bounce, bounce. Basically, we're taking a picture of what's going on, and now we're going to get do, – do I have to get on my horse and get over the top? Or is he coming in – say he's running a slant route of some kind or some, some version of an inside route, I can play that downhill. So here's uh, an here's, here's example. Now I have to get over the top. Uh, play through the upfield shoulder of the, of the post corner right here. Uh, here's where nothing. So now number two disappears really shallow underneath at, at line underneath linebacker depth or level. 
Now I can leverage that and, and, and look to help. Here's inside leverage on the, on the post cut. He disappears underneath. We got, we got help there. Um, and then obviously, like we talked about, if he releases vertical beyond linebacker depth, that's my man. I got to lock on two. Um, and then if two stays, two's going to block and stay. Um, I can look to help with one. So that's a, just a little bit. Like I said, I, I know I went through that fast. Um, that's a little bit about that. Now, you, can you see my huddle? Yep. All right. So here, here's some live action stuff. Obviously, it looks great in a PowerPoint and, or on paper. Uh, but when you get live bodies running around, you, you have to be able to adjust and, and, and on the go. Here we are. You see our technique. So typical starting point um, is anywhere between around five yards. We want to be about five yards angled in. We're reading number two. Our safeties, depending on situation, they may be at 10, they may be at 12. Um, it just all depends on, on different situation um, and, you know, what type of athleticism they have. Uh, what can they do? Those type of things. But here we go. We have two by two. So our, our in this scenario, they're going to throw that now screen. Try to throw that now screen um, to number one. As you see, our 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 corner's a little bit slow in recognizing that. Um, but our defensive end does a really good job of stepping in the passing lane. So now he's got to, he, he's got to pull it down and we do a good job of cleaning up. I'm just going to show the wide angle right now. That way we can, you can see everything. Here it is again. Now our corner does a little bit better job of it. Of it. He, he sees he's going to attack because that's a flat move for him. Number two is a flat move. You shuffle. So, so basically what we want to do initially with, with our shuffle technique and our, our safeties with their bounce technique is we're 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 trying to we're trying to stop the quick game. Obviously, in high school football, it's it, a lot of uh, routes and, and combos are are all predicated off of timing. Um, they want to get the football out to their playmakers in space. Um, so we don't want to get ourselves in a situation where we're pedaling out um, and we give that guy a lot of space. Obviously, you know, we don't want to give up the big play either. But, um, you know, at the same time, we have to be able to – that's what we prep on an everyday basis and, and how to play those type of things. So here, our safety does a really good job of sniffing this one out. They, they've obviously, throughout the evening, they've done it to us several times – and uh, he, he comes and brings it on this one. Yep, that'll do it. <laughs> I'm going to skip to another clip here. 
So this is our, our guys do a really good job right here, um, especially with. So what 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 you'll get is some late cross stuff. This is what they do out here at the bottom of your screen. Um, it's going to be a late cross, and that, this that's one of the things that you ha you have to work, and, and you really have to. It, it's kind of like the triple option is one of the offenses that that you know I've coached in in the past, and you really have to give a lot of reps to it. Well, if you're going to play pattern read. You can't just play pattern read and, and just because it looks good and, and you want to try to play. You, you have to rep it, and um, it has to be a, a daily thing in your defense because teams will start to pick up on that, and they'll say, okay, we have some answers here. And then that's when you really have to have really good communication between the two guys. Like this, for example, they're going to do a late switch, um, and our guys do a pretty good job of, of handling that late switch, and we, we get – basically a coverage sack out of this because we do a good job on both sides. Um, I'm going to move it. Okay, so here, remember the example I showed you in the, in the PowerPoint where if this guy comes underneath, um, then I, I, I got to gain some depth still, and I got to leverage that. My eyes still should be seeing the inside and watch this route right here. Look, I, got, I know I have underneath help. Here he comes, and our corner doesn't do a great job. He bites when he doesn't need to bite yet. And they miss. But we come back, I think it's this one at the top of your screen. We do a little bit job better job with this. Same play. Another, we do a pretty good job here. Gives us some time to allow our linemen. So this is a scenario right here. So he's a little deeper. He, he's he's a little deeper than linebacker depth, and he's not he's he's not running that flat route early enough. So the corner obviously has to stay. This is the one where you really got you have to work the safety on being able to put his foot in the ground and drive on that that underneath route. We saw a lot of the the now screen this year. What we it, call them no it's it's become kind of a vogue thing this year everybody kind of going away from the bubble and doing this now thing instead yep what you have to be really careful of and, and i know you're aware of it is them running this guy on the wheel yep after they get you coming hard safety your safety's gonna have to get help you on that one a little bit yep absolutely
So here's where, obviously, this just shows that I put this on here as an example because there are times, yeah, they're going to catch a football on you. You, you got to do a good job of tackling in space. So two is vertical, right? So yep. our safety's going to lock on two. He, that's his man-to-man. -man. Now a corner knows I got number one. He's a little late getting there, but he does a good job of making that, that tackle. Oops. Sorry about the volume. Here's a really good example. Can you still hear me? Yep. You got me still, Matt? Yep. You're still good, Coach. All right. You may get a little volume here. Um, here's a good example. Now, now, this is just – he's kind of was one of our better athletes that he didn't work there enough to really know what he was doing. But – so he should have funneled that inside and now broke off to this route late. But he does do a pretty decent job. We're running, they're running a slant route here. Watch our safety. He sees that. His eyes should go here. He sees that it's an incoming route now. I can play downhill on it. And, and this is what it looks like when it's when you play that right from that position. I think this is a version of smash combination over here to the bottom of your screen. So we're going to read that. Our corner does a pretty good job of, of helping to force the, the, uh, the high throw, the far throw. All right. So, Coach, that's good stuff right there, man. It's, it's great explanations, and I think it's 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 an easy way to get through it. Now, I am going to ask you, the yeah. one pattern we had problems with this year, and I think it's becoming the pattern read, the pattern read beater, is too vertical and run, running that shallow slant right in behind – or no, yeah, too vertical and one running a shallow slant right behind it. The uh, You're talking about number two going vertical and yep. then – Number one, running the slant underneath. Yep. Yeah, and, and that's, that's a situation where we really, you know, you, you really have to drill your outside backer um, to – and we didn't – we were playing some sophomores this year. We, we, we struggled in some of our underneath drops. Um, and, and so being able to, to leverage over the top of that and get your drop underneath to really force that that tough throw. Right. And, and what's even harder is now that people are going to play action that. So they're really going to, you know, they're going to run the ball at the outside linebacker. Your inside linebacker is going to come up on the run fake. So they're really pulling those two guys towards the run fake, and then they're throwing the slant in. Like, they're going to get the linebacker there. I'm like, if that linebacker doesn't stop the run, I don't care how far they throw the ball. Yeah. I, well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, it's just – 
And when we try to like, you know, we, we play a lot of pattern read, but we also do some different variations to try to mix it up enough so that teams can't just say, oh, here's what they're doing. This is what we're going to try to right. do. To I, I think that's the key is, and I think you did that. You had enough variations off your pattern read where yeah. it, it's, it's still pattern read to your kids, but to a, a, an offensive coordinator, definitely to a high school kid, it looks like something different. Like, even though your kids are still playing it. Right. Yeah, we try, we try to do that. I mean, I know that, you know, at, at times, um, like I said, at times it's like the, the one clip I showed where you're good. One of the toughest things to do in high school football on defense is tackling space. Uh-huh. And there's times they're, they're going to get the ball in space. You have to be able to you, it, it, tackling and, and blocking are the two things that come down to this right here. <laughs> and the want to want to. Yes. That's the exact to. that I was going to use too. want to. It's hard to teach the want to. Yeah, that's that's it, true. You usually I mean, have you can, to have the want to. You can jump up and down and holler and scream and and roll around and do whatever you want. You you know do do those type of things, but unless that kid really wants to to do that and commit to that, um, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, coach. It's that time of the show. Talk about our game records and our slobber knockers. So, who's the best game record you've ever coached? That I've ever coached? Yeah. Or maybe you played with. Maybe you played with. You know, there's there there's there's been so many. Um, I can give I'm you know what? I'm gonna give you one that I coached, and then I'm gonna give you uh one that I I I, I never I, I was a freshman when he was a senior, um, but I saw him play, and I think mm-hmm. you will agree with me that he is one of the ultimate game wreckers and slobber knockers. Okay. But uh, Arius Moore, had, I had him at Beaver Creek. Um, Absolutely. Just a God, he was a pain. <laughs> a tremendous athlete. And uh, he, he just he – would, he would wreck you for sure. Um, uh, his burst that he had, his lateral sideline to side. You know, he wasn't the, the fastest guy. But he could move sideline to sideline with the best of them. Uh, he was—he wasn't speed fast, but he was quick. Yes, he was. He had that football speed, right? Um, and you know, he—he uh, he got to be a, a really good. He was very coachable. Got to be a really good linebacker. Went on, had a great career at NC State, and then he—he was—he was on the uh, Arizona Cardinals practice squad for a little while. Okay. Um, but the other guy who is back from our day who uh, I remember stories about. I remember when I came up the next year, my sophomore year, and a teammate of mine said, man, when he, when he, his hand hit you, it was like a baseball bat hit you. But <laughs> Big Daddy Dan Wilkinson, remember oh, him? He was, he was a game wrecker. He <laughs> absolutely was a game wrecker. He would take two of our guys, it would double team him, and he still made the tackle. All right. The guys on him. Right? Absolutely. That guy's a game wrecker all day long. <laughs> oh, man. I figured, you... I figured that, that name was perfect for this Oh, podcast. man, absolutely. He was a game wrecker. <laughs> and, and he played at Dayton, Dunbar, Dunbar, you know, went on to Ohio State, played for the Bengals. I don't know if he ever made it out of the out of the Bengals. Like, uh, you know, some people just end up going to the Bengals and just playing their career there. But, right. Uh, I think but, he, he 
Washington, I think, too. Maybe he may, may have been in Washington. I know yeah. that you said that. But, yeah, he was an absolute game wrecker in high school, which is why he played in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, and you know, you know when those dudes step on the field. You know what I mean. You know oh. when, when those guys that like it, it's just a different, different type of football player. Right. You, you want him? He's first team all off the bus first. <laughs> he yeah. wants that guy to get off the bus first. They probably like uh, they look like that. We're in trouble. <laughs> all right. Biggest slobber knocker hit, coach. Biggest slobber knocker hit. Mm. Uh. The one that I, one of them that I witnessed that comes to my mind uh, just right away is is uh, when I was coaching at Bellbrook years ago, a kid by the name of Neil Blank was on uh, special teams running down, and he absolutely blew up a kid, um, uh, and and uh, it was it was one of those uh, rear end over apple carts. Oh yes, sir. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's the first special teams one we've had. First special teams, we're, really? we're 12, we're, you know, 10, 12 episodes into this. What? Well, he was a defensive guy, but, but, but uh, that happened but on special teams. Yeah, that was back when, you know, that it wasn't about, you know, a lot of the different rules and stuff right. that we have now in play nowadays. It was seek and destroy. Right. Well, you know, and <laughs> my biggest fear is I think the kickoff is going to be within five years. I bet. High school teams are not doing kickoffs. You're just going to get the ball up to 25. Yeah. Just for player safety. No, not as a good, bad, and different. I just – I think no, that's I, where I see the game's headed is right there. And I think I think we, we as coaches and as, as a profession, we, we've done a great job of um, doing our best to try and keep players safe. Right. Right. All right, Coach. So, final final section of the, of the, of the show here. The bring in the house questions. Five questions, rapid fire. Ready? All right. Most underrated coach of all time. Ooh, most underrated coach of all time. That's that's a good one. Um, I'm gonna say just because it's uh, near and dear to my heart. But uh, Woody Hayes. I know he's. I know he's. He's very famous and all that. But you know, he 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 kind of. With what happened at the tail end of his career, um, I think that uh, he did so many great things that you know. Um, unless you're an Ohio State fan, you 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 forget about this. Right. Everybody remembers. Everybody remembers the '78 Woody. They don't remember the '68, '69, '70 Woody. A- absolutely. Right. Good. Good one. All right. Most annoying football rule. Most annoying football rule. Yep. Um, I think probably the, uh, they've, they've, they've taken the fun out of the old, uh, O block. Remember the O block? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The O block. (laughs) You haven't heard that one in a while, have you? No, that was a great one. That, hey, taking it out does make it less fun. I got you. I got you. Okay. Ready? Man, the O block. All right. Which is the better 1980s football movie? All the Right Moves or Wildcats? Oh, man. That's, a, that's kind of a toss-up. That's kind of a toss-up, I, the, the, both of those. I'm, 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 take, I'm taking the easy way out. <laughs> no, you got to pick one. Come on, you got to have one. 
I'll pick Wildcats. Wildcats. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Ready? Does pineapple belong on pizza? No. What? No. Pineapple. A little bacon, little pineapple. You got you. That's got... like that's like uh, when you eat chicken wings and and you, and you have celery. Come on. <laughs> who, who are we kidding? Like we're not trying to be healthy when we do that. <laughs> Coach, you got me on that one. All right, here we go. You know, hey guys, just so you know, you know Coach Snyder and I've known each other for for a long time. I got to ask him this one: What's the best one-liner you picked up at a clinic? Best one-liner. You got to do something. something. Yes. <laughs> hey, I don't know, dude, but you got to do something. <laughs> That's an inside thing, right, you guys? You had to have been there at the Toledo Med at Mega Clinic. It was a great one, but hey, you got to do something. You got to do something. Hey, Coach, I appreciate you coming on here. This has been a blast. Yeah, man, I've, I've had fun. I've All had right. fun. Hey, you know, I, I do have to say, I heard, I watched one of the podcasts you had, and you brought me back, uh, remember, remembering back when uh, um, we used to do the old film exchange with the, the, oh, the VR my goodness gracious. And you would meet, remember you, you would meet at the, like you talked about, you would meet at the, uh, like a gas station somewhere. Right. Like <laughs> Coach, I'll meet you at this gas station right by the payphone, which <laughs> that we don't see anymore. Right. It was like a, it, it was like a glorified drug deal or something like, hey, you got yours? Yep, I got mine. You got yours? Hey, and you had to check to make sure it was what they said it was going to be. Because sometimes those guys would bring you a film and you'd be like, hey, we, we, we didn't want this one. We were Yeah, to absolutely. And then that coach had to then drive back to his school, get the right film, and then he had to go back to your school. You didn't meet him back up at the corner gas station. He had to make that trip. Truth. You know, hey, one, one of the best ones ever, a story of that kind, was Bob Gregg. We were supposed to change film. When Bob's a Hall of Fame coach at Centerville High School in Ohio. Um, Bob didn't bring the right films. And we exchanged in Springfield, and he had to drive back to Centerville, get the right film, and drive back to us to get us the film. Huh. Oh, man, he was so mad. I bet. So I was a young guy. He's like, won't you come get the film? I'm like, coach, I got to get back in here. We got some work to get done. We're trying to win a game here. And he, and he was so mad. And he was mad at himself and his assistant coach for not getting the right one. But I don't think Coach Greg ever did another film exchange after that. It was a young guy. Did I bet. I bet. <laughs> Somebody in charge of that. Right, absolutely. So, hey, Coach, this is awesome. Hey, um, listeners, if you want to get more about Coach's pattern read coverage, you know, maybe see what he does, three by one, something like that. I'm going to put his uh, Twitter account in the description of this uh, episode. And, uh, Coach, like I said, anytime you want to come on and talk ball, you're more than welcome. All right, buddy. Well, it's, it's, it's been fun. Hey, uh, absolutely. And I'd like to thank everybody. Tune in, tune in next week for another episode of Game Wreckers and Slobberknockers. <laughs>